Hi, it's Andrew. Today on the podcast, the guys discuss the upcoming sermon series, which we have started in 2 Corinthians. They get into some of the details and vision casts for what we can expect in the future. So we hope you enjoy the conversation. Flipside podcast where we explore the underbelly of Crestview Bible Church. My name's Andrew Gehring. I'm joined as always by Phil Auksher and this time by Luke. And Luke, I'll toss it over to you. You had a thought starting off today. Yeah. Um, so we're really excited these days. We are diving into the book of Second Corinthians. And uh, it's one of my one of my all-time favorite books. And so we just get to explore um Second Corinthians and um, so we want to just record this podcast and to let you all know why, why did we decide to do this? Like why, why second Corinthians? Why now? What gets us excited about it? Why did, why is it my favorite book? And so Phil, uh, we were just talking, tracing the history of how we got here. So how did we get to second arriving to second Corinthians? Right. So we, we've been on a journey, obviously we, we try to have some sense of progression in what we do on Sunday mornings. So um, at the elder level, we're thinking a lot about the diet that we're giving people. We want that diet to be from both Testaments. We want to be an Old Testament and a New Testament church that are centered on Jesus from both Testaments. So it's that's how Jesus was. We want to be like that. And um, so, but a few years ago, I think coming out of COVID and in those days, we wanted to land on the book of Acts and, and thinking about just how Jesus is building his church. I mean, it's an amazing thing that by the Spirit... He's doing amazing things. I think I described it to you today like a blob of people <laughs> placed at Hutchinson <laughs> that the spirit is blowing into mission. Amen. So uh, the church is not just a group of people that assemble and sing nice songs together and like one another. Uh, there's plenty of organizations in the community to do that. Just go to a Taylor Swift concert. Uh, whatever you know just go to some concert and you get the same vibe i think you need to say lauren daigle lauren that's, daigle that's, okay sorry that's, that's more holy or nickel creek or need to breathe or something i don't know what we're talking about so but we shouldn't, um we shouldn't sing on sundays then right no we should it's just more but, than that yeah it's more than that right so um there's you know again i think it's just people get locked into this well there's elements of church that i really enjoy and that's why i love this church well, no, we love this church because Jesus died for it. Mm-hmm. We are roped in together with people who see the world like we do, uh, who want to be on mission like we want to be, and we need each other. Like we need the spirit to move us into mission. So that's really what's happening over and over again in the book of Acts. The church is being sent and blown in all these different directions, and God's mobilizing people in all these situations. He's establishing his church, and then they're being dis- sent out on mission consistently. Well, from there, um, we do think really impacted by what went down in Corinth. I mean, it was a huge deal. Like, what about Sylvanus, <laughs> you know, or Sosthenes? Right. Uh, what about that guy? What about what happened in Corinth? I mean, that landed hard, and we wanted to go into First Corinthians because there, Paul is very particular to lay the foundation that there is no other foundation that can be laid for the church except Jesus Christ. And man, we believe that. I mean, every weekend, don't we interact with people that are, this is why I'm at Crestview, because there's no other foundation except Jesus. And uh, so um, from there, we took a turn uh, to balance our diet into the Testaments to go into the book of Job. 
and we we talked through all of the job experienced because we know also as a body we've gone through so much over the last few years we've had people go through so many things and we wanted job uh, to be able to be lifted up so that we can be benefiting from what god's put there but i really do think second uh, corinthians comes at this right moment because it it kind of completes this acts first corinthians idea that and we'll talk more about the theme in a second, but it also completes what we saw in Job, where there's so much of just weakness, so much of, is the question in First or Second Corinthians, who's adequate for these things? That's Second Corinthians. Yeah, so, like, who, like, there's an amazing picture here of ministry, <clears throat> of what the church could be, and I think a lot of times we end up saying, like, how can we do this? And Second Corinthians comes in and says, you can't. <laughs> so it's got to be Jesus. Right. And so it is such an encouraging book for um, us as pastors. I think it's going to be an encouraging book for us as a body. Mm-hmm. Uh, because even like in, in personal ministry too, just that, that God's power is seen in our weakness. And so, I don't know, you want to say some more about that yeah, theme? So and why we if you that remember out? in Job, right, it, the, one of the themes that we draw it out drew out from Job was this unexplained suffering. And so a lot of people are just walking wheel and like, what's the point? And uh, I I always thought that he worked all things together for good for those who love him. And and we say yes. And we agree and we say Mm -hmm. amen, but it's, it's a lot, it goes a lot deeper than just slapping a nice platitude on that. And so we don't want the pendulum to swing the other way to say, well, I guess suffering is just meaningless. There's no hope. There's just, you know, whatever, because it's unexplained. Um, yeah, we have Jesus, but you know, whatever. Um, so here's the, I, I think you've, you've said that this is the foil, uh, to yeah. the Job series sure. that, uh, the answer to that to say, Hey, yeah, we're weak. So we owned it, right. We owned it in Job. Yeah. Um, and we're going to continue to own our weakness in second Corinthians, but then there's an answer to that. Yeah. Right. So, so many questions in Job were left open intentionally because that's going to be the experience a lot of us have in suffering this side of heaven, we might not have, you know, all the answers we're looking for. And so we wanted to, to keep that like the narrative showed. But um, in Second Corinthians, especially right at the outset there, there's that amazing passage about comforting those, that God will comfort those in affliction so that we can comfort others. We've, as we record this, we're two sermons in. And um, like we even saw last week, there's there's a lot that's going on that Paul's answering from opponents. So there's a lot of debate among the scholars as to, you know, what is the theme? This is a is this a defense of Paul's apostleship? Well, on one level, yeah, probably. Right. It's a defense of really it's a defense of if if we're gonna minister in such a way that Christ is the point, is it worth it? Paul's answering yeah, <laughs> it's really worth it. In fact, there's no other place that we'd want to be. So it's almost like sometimes his defense is, I suck. Yeah, right. But, right. but Jesus is better. Like, Jesus right. wins. Yeah. Like, right. He's going to so, use an I, idiot like me. And yeah. so that's his defense, right? Right. And we're getting, we're getting ready, honestly, to get into, a, I think, three or four weeks of sermons that that's the theme, right? So every week, Paul's going to lift up something and. I shrink back in ministry, but Christ is glorious and yeah. therefore he's going to do this amazing thing. And we see, we're going to see that played out to, for two or three chapters. You know, we have the good news of chapter five. I mean, that's an amazing chapter. Uh, a lot of you have that 
committed to memory, you know, just that's where Paul talks about we're, we're God's, we're Christ's ambassadors. God's making his appeal to the world through you to be reconciled to God. We have maybe some of the clearest um, gospel-centered teaching on giving in the New Testament in, in the book of 2 Corinthians. Uh, not that Crestview needs ser- a sermon on giving, but it's just there to remind us that we're to be anchored in Christ uh, through that. Um, we have the thorn in the flesh passage coming in chapter 12, where that's where that we actually drew that theme from, right? Where Paul just outright says there was given this thorn in the flesh to me and it was so that I wouldn't boast and so that I'd center in Christ. So it's all about in my weakness, his strength is made strong. His grace is sufficient for me. So I think really if we if we look at this grid of his power and our weakness, we see that play out over and over and over again. Really, it's a template you could probably lay on any sermon we're going to preach and see there's an element of weakness mm-hmm. being brought out that we're bringing to the table, and there's an element of power or strength in Christ that uh, is legitimate. I don't know. I think the other thing uh, just hit me right in this moment. <laughs> why we need this sermon series is we have such bad abuses of power in the day and age we live in. So um, political powers, uh, and I'm putting that in quote air quotes that you can't see on the <laughs> podcast. Um, those political powers uh, they leave us wanting more, even when they're even when they're serving our best interests. There's times we roll our eyes and go, "Ah, come on." You can do better than that. Um, even like even the power of that I have as a parent in the home, at time it's so lacking. Like I, I'm just really compared to what Christ can do. I mean, I just think in interactions I had with my family today were, you know, I just don't. I I know that Christ offers a better way, and I'm just wanting that to be seen more than my way. Yeah. You know, even my way as a parent. Um, so all the ways that power is so abused in our society. And you didn't even mention how it's abused in the church. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. In the church. Yeah. We didn't even touch on that yet, but yeah, so many ways. And that's what Paul, that's kind of one of the allegations that coming is coming against Paul, right? You're, you're powerful and you're using all this against us mm-hmm. because you're some like apostle and you know, here we got the answers, you know? So uh, this I want to rescue this notion of of power in the church that we can glory in our weakness. And it's so counterintuitive. So boasting in our weakness so that, so that Christ is the one who's glorious. I want to be the weakest church in Hutch so that Christ can be the most glorious. Right. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's confounding uh, to the wisdom of this world. And it, it'll expose what we want. Right. It'll expose the idols yeah. of our hearts. Like, do we, but do we want to be weak? <laughs> Are we okay with being weak? Yeah. So um, I'm thinking about that because I'm doing some work right now in chapter three, thinking about Moses in this veil passage and how <clears throat> Moses loved to have that veil so that people could see his flex, you know, <laughs> like, um, like he had to wear a veil so that people is is that how the narrative yeah. goes so that people wouldn't see the glory that when he when he saw God face to face right and I think there's a sense in which we want to step out into this world and we want to have a certain um, glory 
that is unique to us apart from Christ. Well, well, Paul kills that whole thing. He's like, hey, if if Moses had to put a veil because the Israelites would just like pass out seeing the glory, yeah, uh, that's already passed away. It's dead. Like yeah, the right, ministry of condemnation right. came with such glory. How much more will the ministry of righteousness come with even more glory? Right. right so how right. much more glory should we shine out? Yes. Uh, people around us like the glory of christ should just be illuminating so much around us that people are just they can't even gaze i'm just i keep that's what i look at when i or think about when you're studying chapter three is like what does that look like for us to have such filled with the glory of christ that people can't even gaze at us like what does that mean paul right and so like you think about passages like jesus saying you're a city set on a hill or you're the light of the world let let people see your good deeds so they can uh, glorify me the idea is not us. It's him. Right. That's the glory. Right. <laughs> like, so we, we tend to think like the, the one or two times that we get it awesome in a week, that that's a glory that shines into the world and they're, the world's impressed. And what we're saying is, no, we're weak. It's Christ's glory that shines into the world and uh, it takes breath away. Like right. we're dumbfounded. Um, and so, yeah, the pastoral concern I have all that is, um, are people stepping into this kind of glory or are they stepping into convenience and passivity and apathy and a ho-humness about the work of God? And again, I don't, I don't want to drop a law. I'm just saying if we really believe that Christ is this glorious, like, don't you want to get in on this people? All, all he's inviting you to do is bring your weakness so that his strength can be seen. And, you know, just the glory of you know, stepping into people's lives and interacting with one another and, and how awesome this is seen. So I, in Christ. So, uh, I mean, just the riches that we talked about. Um, we, another thing we talked about Luke, uh, over and over again, there's this refrain in second Corinthians. This is the confidence we have. Yeah. Um, how does that encourage you just in the ongoing work that you do? Well, when you talk about us being so weak, so when you finally own that, Right. When you finally own that or you look around and you see the evidence of your own weakness, you see that you can't change. You. I'm, I'm talking about my own work as a, as a minister of the gospel right, around the world. And it's like, have, have I done anything like I, I'm just such a failure? Um, and yet he keeps coming back like this is the confidence that we have, not in you, not in your work but in Christ's work, right? Yeah, right. Uh, that's the confidence that we have, such as that's our boast, that's our hope, right? Uh, if we have this ministry of reconciliation, how much more should we just be going out? Because uh, all bold, this is why we are very bold. I mean, yeah. I, I, there's probably, what, seven or eight times in the first four chapters, yeah. he, he says something similar. This is why we're very bold. This is the confidence, this is the we, hope we have. We have such a hope. We have yeah, all this, this treasure. We have this ministry. We have this ministry. So, so basically, then I don't have to have the defeatist mentality. I can yeah, say, right. okay, okay, Jesus, I have this jar of clay, right? That's yeah, what I am, right. a jar of clay, yeah. a weak person. Um, but man, you're going to use that. And I, maybe I don't see it right now, um, but it's it's going to be there. Um, that's the hope that I have. That's the confidence that I can walk in and step in and say, all right, Jesus, uh, I am so united to you, <laughs> right? There's there's that union with Christ. I'm so much in him yeah. that um, it's it's going to be okay. Right, exchange uh, everything, yeah. Uh, or, or to use the language of chapter two, right? Thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. You know, we're 
like Christ doesn't fail. Right. <laughs> you know, like right. he gets the job done. He delivers. Like right. it's so incredible. Uh, we get to step into this. Um, I'm thinking about just uh, weary parents and mm-hmm. and the ministry they have trying to impart the gospel to their kids or trying to help help their kids ho- see how Jesus is good news or <clears throat> um, weary widows overcome with grief and wondering like, is Christ worth it? Weary, weary workers who are dealing on the front lines with people who have all kinds of hurt. Weary people in our body who are just um, beaten down with all kinds of well, their own temptations, concerns, sins, yeah. addictions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what we're saying is, of course, you're weak. He's so strong, though. Lean into him. Like mm-hmm. he's triumph. He's in a triumphant procession. Mm-hmm. The victory has happened. It's finished. He's done it. We're his. So uh, like you were baiting everybody to do on Sunday. So all of God's promises in him are. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. He, <laughs> Jesus has done this. I mean, it's so it's so amazing. Um, and. And it give, it does give us such confidence, and we are so weary. So I think Paul's admitting that too. Like we're weary, we're beat down, we're perplexed, we're afflicted, we're always carrying around in our bodies the death of Jesus. You know, we're <laughs> so that the life of Jesus yes, right. may, may be manifested. Right. So I mean, I think he's teasing out all of our experience on planet Earth in America in the 21st century, right here at this moment. Mm-hmm. We are one time confessing all that all that Paul's saying and and then we're saying what is also absolutely true is that Christ is absolutely better. Mm-hmm. He's worth having. He's so captivating. He changes everything. It's, it's the best of all news. And I think once this gets into your skin, it changes the way you minister. Mm-hmm. Like it changes the way you step out into other people's lives. And man, we, we, we talk to people who are in that work too. Yeah. We talk to people in our body who are weary being involved in other people's lives. Like, what do I do next? What can I do? I don't know. What's the right move? Yeah. <laughs> uh, how can I have hope in the midst of this situation? And we're just saying, yeah, I don't know, but Christ is great. <laughs> you know, like, um, and yes, we do have some ideas of what they could try, but we're wanting to hold out this amazing ministry that we have in Christ. And, you uh you mentioned a couple weeks ago in, in chapter one uh, about in Christ, and maybe this is a some topic for another conversation. But um, yeah, I think that a lot of people just got some clarity around what does it mean to be in Christ. What does it mean to be united to Christ? And yeah. that's going to be a theme that we see yeah. a lot throughout Second Corinthians. Uh, where, I mean, where where else do you see that in Second Corinthians? This unity with Jesus. Yeah. Um, man, there's so many places like, like in chapter five, I think Paul, I mean, there's a couple of times that Paul's maybe the most transparent he is in any epistle. Mm-hmm. This, like you were talking Sunday about his mental health struggles. You know, he was, he, he talks in chapter five about his earnest desire to depart. Mm-hmm. Like he's weary, I think from persecution, this, this list that comes in, Chapter eleven, yeah, doesn't come like. Well, let me try to think of something that I've endured for the sake of the gospel. <laughs> like it, it just comes, I think, quickly to the front of his brain. Like, yeah, okay, I've been shipwrecked a few times. I've been beaten. Oh man, that was grueling. Uh, he's just kind of recounting all these things, and he's saying, "Yet it's mm-hmm. it's thorn in the flesh, whatever that is. You know, it's Christ." The point there, uh, chapter five. You know, my earnest desires to depart. 
but it's better for now that I remain so that he can be seen glorious. Yeah, I, I think over and over again, um, Christ is not going to be very elusive in this book if we seek him. <laughs> so I, that's another great reason. It makes it easy to preach for us because this is uh, so impactful for what we build ministry on. Mm-hmm. It's on brand with us. Or maybe yeah, we should right. say we're on brand. We're on with brand it. with what the Bible's teaching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, the impact even back um, into my seminary days, I had a New Testament prof that was really jazzed about Second Corinthians. I believe this was the essence of like New Testament ministry was found mm-hmm. there. He directed me to a dissertation that was written called Power Through Weakness, pastor in Arizona. That pastor just makes a compelling case that not only is Paul writing to encourage the church and all, all the things that are going on in Paul's life, but it's also he's grabbing all these things from Roman culture in the first century world where the Roman Empire being victorious was a huge thing in the first yeah. century world, right? So you know about the, anybody that knows anything about the Roman Empire knows that like uh, DJ Khaled like didn't just always win, win, win. <laughs> it was the Roman Empire that always win, win, win everywhere they went. And so they would come in triumphal procession through the streets of the Roman Empire to remind them what kind of power was from an earthly standpoint. And um, so I was just always captivated by that idea that that Paul's even using language that everybody in Corinth would have understand. I mean, Corinth had its own Olympic Games that took place nearby, so they um, they had a certain kind of understanding of power from that. You know, who won at the games, who had the skills. And Paul's just taking all that they understand in their culture and turning it upside down and saying, yeah, but uh, Christ is better, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, so we don't have to boast in that. We don't have to go there. We're, we're not like the Roman army trampling through the streets. Jesus is trampled through the streets. He's won. Yeah. You know, we, we don't have to win at some games to get some crown. He's already the one who's won victorious. <clears throat> so <clears throat> centering us in Christ um, makes all the difference. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, so the closing word, what does Paul say to kind of wrap up the book? Well, examine yourselves. Like, is it really Christ? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I think that's the closing appeal. Like, um, after saying all that, his kind of final appeal is not like to try to scare us out of our faith, but just to make sure, like, is it really Christ for you? And I think that's something that, you know, we we are hitting on that a lot, but I think by the time we get to the end of the book, to have Paul go there is the admonition it's, it's a very compelling thing so this is something we'll talk about for a while i think we have planned out to delve into some of these specific topics unity with christ um, yeah. maybe philosophy of or the theology of the cross versus the theology of glory how do we sure. how do we handle those topics yeah. and so these aren't going away and i just love right. getting to sit under guys's teaching as we kind of through this podcast just get reminded once again about Christ and how, how good he is. And we look forward to the rest of this uh, study through this, this particular book. So I think the book for me, second Corinthians has been such a benefit as I've suffered more in life. So I memorized it when I was young, like you talked about, Mm -hmm. but as I came across real suffering, it did produce real hope. And that's, I guess the hope for the body is that we have real suffering. That's what we saw in Job. And sometimes it's unexplained, but in Christ, we have this real hope. And so yeah. we press on sure. that in mind. Thanks for, thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed the conversation.